Episode 247 of the PJ Archive is a phone interview I did with the internationally successful American opera singer and actress Julia McGuinness, who was known for a while as Julia McGuinness Johnson. As well as being a prolific recording artist, Julia has worked primarily in musical theatre. At the age of seven, she originated the role of Nagana in the first national tour of South Pacific. She was the first to play the role of Hodel in the original Broadway production of Fiddler on the Roof. She had the leading role of Maria in the 1964 Broadway revival of West Side Story, and she starred opposite Placido Domingo in the classic 1984 film of Carmen. Her TV credits include Magnum P.I. and The Twilight Zone. This interview took place in 1993, when Julia was married to the famous film director Peter Medak, in whose movie The Craze she appeared as Judy Garland. I began by asking Julia what was happening with her work-wise. Putting together a, a concert that I can really sort of travel with, that the record company will be happy about so that I can actually sort of push the record. <laughs> I just did an operetta record that's doing very well. And so they want me to do a bunch of concerts all over the world, you know. And so I'm putting together something that that's fun to do, something a little different. And will you be performing in England? Yeah, I will. I will. We're, we're getting that together so that I come. And, you know, you know what you do when you have a record. They, they send you to a country and then you have to sit and you have to do all these interviews and then you do TV and then you can do concerts or whatever. So I'll be doing that pretty soon. Do you like doing all that or is it a bit of a bore? Um, I don't know. You know, so, sometimes it's... That's why I'm putting the show together so that it's something I really like to do, you see? Yeah. Rather than stand up and sing just a bunch of things, you know, that I did on a record. I found this wonderful director in, in Paris who's just very, very different and interesting and he's putting it together now. So... We're going to try it out in uh, Geneva in uh, March. Uh-huh. Have you got any film plans at all? Yes, as a matter of fact, I'm having one written, and uh, it's going to be produced in France. It's really sort of like a, a farce murder mystery in the opera world. Uh-huh. Like those old Hercule Poirot things a bit. Is it a bit like Woody Allen's recent one? I didn't see that, so I, so I can't uh, speak about it. Yeah. But something, you know, something really funny, and in, in, you know, with divas and tenors and you know, murder mystery type thing. Is this something your husband's written for you, or somebody else? No, my husband doesn't write at all. He's not one of those directors who write. It's a comedy team who's writing it for me now. My husband will direct it though, so he's working. Uh, you know, whenever he gets a second, he he you know, sort of works with them to make sure it goes in the right direction. Was the idea yours? Yes. And, and how did that come about? You know, the, the opera world is actually, can be very funny, you know, the, the type of, of, of people you meet. And I, I keep on saying, oh God, one of these days I have to take all of this and do a story. And I was talking to my husband about it, and he said, you know, if you get it together, I'll direct it, because he's always wanted to do a movie about the opera somehow. And then I got together with this comedy team and they said, oh, it has to be like a murder mystery, <laughs> you know, yeah. where the tenor dies on stage and the, you know what I mean? He, yeah. he really dies when he drinks the poison, <laughs> you know, things like that. 
the prompter dies in the middle of the aria, and you know, things like that. Is it sort of difficult to get chosen for parts these days, so you have to write your own sort of thing, you have to come up with your own ideas? Is that how it works? What I think is, if you're a singer or an opera singer, they're sort of afraid of, of that, you know, they'd, they'd rather choose somebody they they know they've worked with and you know what i mean yeah so it, it's a, it's a different thing is that you get a sort of like a stigma about you like the only thing you can do is yodel <laughs> <laughs> but you starred in one of my favorite films of all time carmen and you won a golden globe for that and yet yeah. we haven't seen you in many movies since why is that um that's really just just the the fact of the producers you know what i mean They're do you think it did you more harm than good then no, not at all. I think when you do something like that, when you have a, a role that so fits you and, and it's so wonderful for you, you know, it, it, those things you count on one hand in a lifetime when you look back, you know, and so I'm very happy that it, it came about, actually, and that I could do it because it was quite, it was a wonderful experience. So do you look back on that with great pleasure or do you wince a bit when you see it now or how do you feel about it? Well, I don't see it because I'm, I'm the type of person who doesn't see myself or listen to myself. There are other people who can't wait to watch themselves again, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Or listen to, you know, that they seem to be their own favorite artists. But I, I don't. If, something, if I did something, it's sort of done, and, and that's it. So I, I don't really think about it. Do you still keep in touch with Plasto Domingo? Oh, yeah, we see each other. You know, we sing concerts very often together, and our paths cross like that. You know, uh -huh. I just uh, saw him at the opera house here a couple of months ago. We were doing, I was doing a bohème, so. So you're quite great buddies now, eh? Well, no, we just, you know, we, he's he's such a wonderful person, you know, and, and um, I know his sons and, and, you know, we're just sort of like, like that, we get along. Now you and he are among the sort of current load of megastar opera singers. I mean, do you think that's good for opera to have megastars like yourselves and Pavarotti and so on and Kerry Takanova? Do you think it's good that opera should bring up these sort of personalities? Yeah, it always has. It's just that now one knows more about it because of the media. You know, there, there was always these big personalities in opera, if you look at it. You know, Nelly Melba. Uh -huh. You know, there were always, always some... Caruso was a megastar. Um, I mean, fantastic, wonderful personalities were opera singers along the times. And, oh, God, Leo Slezak was a you know there were there were these incredible megastars and um, Lottie Lehman they just didn't have TV <laughs> at the time you know to really make everybody know about it your current generation including yourself have done quite a few things to sort of break down the stuffiness of opera is that a concerted effort to do that I don't know if it's a concerted effort but but I think it has to be done because it used to be the popular art form form lot of public years ago and it's become less popular you know by by the by the the big public it's now it's become very very sort of like for a select audience and why you know it it shouldn't really be like that one mm. should be able to enjoy opera and pop music mm -hmm. and i think i think it's very important that it's it's made as popular as possible but do you deliberately do TV shows like you, you've done what the Twilight Zone and things like that, haven't you? Yeah. I mean, do you deliberately do those things to irritate the opera stuffies? No, actually, what I do is I love to act without singing because when I come back to singing, I have a whole other viewpoint about act about how I should act something. Yeah. And what happens with most singers is that 
they get very caught up in the music and the production of the voice and uh, they sort of think oh well uh, you know if i sort of put my hand up it looks like i'm excited about this mm. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. and or or it looks like i'm happy if i smile everybody will think i'm happy right here at this point in the mm. aria rather than really being into the character and i love doing any type of acting without singing because mm. what it does is it, it sort of grounds my acting in, in a more realistic uh, way. But when you get offered guest star roles on TV series and things, do you always get the sort of the, the diva roles or, or, not, or do they sort of avoid that and give you a perfectly normal role? Yeah, it, it, it really is. I mean, I was asked again to do a, a spot with John Larroquette, and I, unfortunately, I was uh, leaving for Paris at that time. But I would have loved to have done it, because it was a comedy thing. It was this Puerto Rican sister of well, somebody who's a regular on the, uh, on the show. And I would have just loved to have spent a whole week giggling my head off doing it. <laughs> so which show was that? He has a new TV show, John Larroquette. And I don't even remember the name of it, but they right. called me. And I would have loved to have done it because I right. love the TV show. And John Larroquette is a wonderful comedian. What shows have you done, uh, little guest star roles on or whatever? Oh, you know, on a thing of Webster. And I, I did a couple of things called Nothing is Easy. I was a regular on that. For uh -huh. They asked me if I would do seven uh, episodes of something and I said yes because it was just a, just when it's the right time then I will and, and I have time I like to do it are there any that you'd like to do that you haven't done you know what I'd love to do I'd love to do one of these new science fiction you know like Star Trek uh, <laughs> you know, and put on one of those terrible wigs <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be wonderful <laughs> to do that <laughs> it'd be great in one of tell me really wouldn't you like to <laughs> <laughs> you, you're supposed to have met your husband on a TV show is that right or have yes. I got confused you see if I had never done the Twilight Zone I would have never been Mrs. Medak <laughs> oh. you were guest starring on it were you and then yes. he, he was what the director what happened was was he needed he was going to do a, an episode of, of uh, the Twilight Zone or direct it yeah. yeah and he needed an opera singer it was about an opera singer yeah. And he was auditioning all these actresses who were going to lip-sync to La Traviata. You know, his aunt was an opera singer in Hungary, uh -huh. and he said, is there no actress who can sing? And they mentioned, they said, there's one singer who can act. <laughs> and he said, well, maybe she's around. <laughs> and I just happened to be in California at that time. Right. And uh, they called, and, and uh, I said, absolutely. And I went in, and, and it was wonderful. I mean, he was wonderful because he was actually, as a child, he was in the opera house all the time, you know, sitting, watching his aunt, singing yeah. Faust. <laughs> <laughs> she seemed to always be singing Faust. <laughs> Margarita, every time he went there, she was in those braids. <laughs> How much did you and Peter know of each other's work? You know, I didn't, I am not, I'm not really a moviegoer, so I did not know his work at all. And I thought he was the director of The Twilight Zone. Right. And I thought, God, that's a nice man. And isn't he brilliant for uh, a director of The Twilight uh, Zone? <laughs> and then finally, you know, he showed me all his films. Oh, now, you both come from sort of different countries, don't you? I mean, Yes, do, do very you, different. Uh, do you think that helps, that you're sort of very international, very cosmopolitan? Actually, what helps in our relationship is that I'm very... I'm not really rooted in any country. I'm American without being American, you know? Yeah. And I'm, I'm very European in, in that way. My 
all my taste, all the all my furniture looks like it could be from a country house in England or France. You know, uh, it it really doesn't look American at all, and it's half the stuff that I've bought there and and sent home and things, and his his things too. So so when I first went into his house, you know. I was picking him up if, to, to go to a movie, right? And I went into his house and I said, oh God, I'm in deep trouble. Because his furniture, his pictures were exactly like mine, but masculine. And mine were exactly like his, but feminine. It mm. was just really, I said, this is, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it took a while for your relationship to get going. Because you, you were friends for quite a while, weren't you? We were great friends because... I was coming out of a marriage and, and I was in a divorce and I absolutely was very cautious. Right. And for him, you know, I was just I was just this person who he could really talk to, really talk to. Yeah. And I wasn't an actress who was talking about myself all the time. And you know what I mean? Yeah. And I wasn't after anything. There was no ulterior motive for me knowing him. So it was really just, you know, getting to know each other as friends. And then it just evolved because you know film directors with all respect have a bit of a reputation don't they well yeah you know and and i, I didn't want to get into any of that yeah. you know what i mean i think it's very very difficult for anybody in the business to be working with very charismatic people and not sort of fall right into the well you know yeah you meet them all the time and unless you're grounded in some sort of philosophical attitude towards working with charismatic people you're lost <laughs> you know you're absolutely lost you've both been married uh, a few times before so you, one does wonder why did you think about getting married again well for me I'm sort of like Elizabeth Taylor I fall in love I get married <laughs> Do you know it's really stupid <laughs> I'm not one of those well, I'll just date for a while, or this is my boyfriend. I fall in love. I get married. It's disgusting. He, on on the other hand, you know, can fall in love and go, we'll just sort of date, <laughs> yeah. you know, because he's very cautious. He was like, you know, a horse sort of like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. you know, running away. And uh, I just finally looked at him and I said, and I said, uh, you know, one of these days you're going to find all your clothes in my closet. <laughs> <laughs> And I just did it. Uh, <laughs> after how long was this that you'd been friends for? Though? It was about six months. Right. I just said, I'm moving into a new house. I want you to look at it. Here's where your clothes will be. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, oh, darling, you know that. I said, I'm sending the movers around to your house. <laughs> I mean, he needed help. We were married on the 31st of July, 1988. Right. Bearing in mind how well you got on together, did you feel a little bit annoyed that you two hadn't met before? No. I was very happy we met when we did. Mostly because I was at the point. You see, he's, he's different than any, other, any of my husbands. Completely different. And earlier, I would have walked right by him. And for him, it was at the point where he had made all of his mistakes. Yeah. and was not ready to make them again. Yeah. See what I mean? Yeah. So we were very realistic about how we felt about each other and very, very willing to never make the same mistakes again. So it was one of those feet-on-the-ground type of things. 
Had you not said that before your previous marriages as well? I'm not going to make the same mistake. No, here. no. I was always very much in love, and this is it. <laughs> right. right. You know, and I plunged in and I go, where the hell am I now? <laughs> oh, my God. You know, when I finally woke up. <laughs> but you're confident this time it's forever. Well, I, you know, I have enough experience to say I don't know that. But what I do say is that we really get along and we make a tremendous effort to keep our relationship as, as pure and as real as possible. Right. And really, really, you know, nurture it. And with that, we have a lot of chance, you see, a lot of, a lot of good chance. But I, I can't say that because life, you know, sometimes life just turns you around. I mean, you know that. Are you married? I'm not, no. You see what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But show business is quite uh, famous for tearing marriages apart, though. I mean, does that worry you? Well, yeah, that's why our feet are on the ground. But you have been quoted as saying you've, you've only been without a man for a few weeks when you were 16 or something. There's no, 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 no. Six months in my life I was without right. a man. I go seamlessly from relationship to relationship. <laughs> I don't know. I'm that type of female. It's the craziest. It's stupidity. But is, is it insecurity because of the insecurity of your background, you know, where you came from? You didn't really have a base as such as a person. I don't know. You know, I've actually never really looked into it to find out what would be the root of that. Right. It's so natural to me to fall right into a relationship and think that's it. As I say, you know, it's actually stupid. But I feel very comfortable with a man around. Right. And I always have. I'm a good mixture of being emancipated and not emancipated at all. You know, I don't have to be the complete leader of a family. I do not wear the pants. I have a skirt with uh, boots. <laughs> 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 and sharp toe caps. Yes, yeah, something like that. <laughs> but it's a skirt. Right. So basically, what I gather is that your father was the next door neighbour, and your mother was having an affair with the next door yes. neighbour. Yeah. She, had, she didn't just have an affair. She had three children with him, which is the most amazing thing, you know. But you didn't find out until what, what age? Until you were ten. Yeah, but, but, you know, I should have thought about it because we were calling the next-door neighbor Papa. Right. And so I, if I had thought for one second and, you know, wondered why these two guys were killing each other all the time. Where was this? In, in America? or In, in Manhattan, yeah. In, in the Lower East Side. Right. One of those tenement houses, you know, typical I, New York story. So what's happened to your parents now? Well, they're both dead. Yeah. But the other one, the husband of my mother, who was Daddy, who right. we were living with, he's alive. Oh, right. And I saw him. He's living in Mexico, and I saw him. Are you still quite close? No, we were never close. He was the one who was, you know, trying to kill everybody with an ice pick and drunk and everything. The terrible thing is, is that I sang in Mexico last year with a big concert with Placido Domingo. And he saw the concert, and I didn't even know he was there. Oh. And then finally I spoke to my sister, and she said, oh, he's in Mexico. So I, I, I thought, oh, what the hell. I called him up, and, and he had told me he was in the concert. And I said, well, come over. I'm leaving, but come over. Well, let's have lunch. I hadn't seen him since I, I think the last time I saw him I was five or six. And he looked at me and said, do you know I've waited this whole time to tell you I have changed? Oh. And I thought, this poor guy, you know, to have that bottled up, yeah. to have been... You know what I mean? Everybody has the right to go through periods in their lives where they don't know, you know, 
what to do. And he was in a desperate situation for years. And he got out of it. But he couldn't tell the people that he had abused that he was out of it, you see. And he doesn't drink anymore. And he's, you know, he, he you know. So well, I was really happy that, that I called him. Well, that just brought a huge lump to my throat. That must have been very um, emotional for you when he said oh, that. It was, it was unbelievable. I looked at this little guy, you know. He even brought cousins with him to verify that he was really a nice man. Oh. I mean, it was just... <laughs> and to see the concert and not dare to come back. And he told me, he said, well, if you're not my daughter, then at least you're my cousin. Oh. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just couldn't... I mean, I couldn't stand it. I mean, he's a sweet man. Are you going to stay in touch now? Absolutely. Yeah. I have no regrets whatsoever. I have nothing against the man. You know what I mean? I've lived enough to understand what the poor guy was going through. Did your parents live to see you become a big star? Well, they lived to see me sing, you know, on Broadway. And then my mother died and, and, uh, and Papa died three weeks after. They were very close. It was very interesting. I was already, you know, out of home and, and uh, it was before I went to Vienna. What do you think that turbulent background did for you as far as your life and career is concerned? Well, on the one side, it was wonderful because there's not a lot that bothers me. Do you know what I mean? If you go through a lot, you realize what what can bother you and how severe it can get and not a lot bothers you and you just get on with it the thing that i regret is not having parents who were intellectual or who read or you know what i mean it, it would have been wonderful to have parents with a great sense of humor and and uh, you know where it was a nurturing thing now you were one of five children i gather what yeah. happened to the rest of them they all went on to, you know, they're, they're quite okay. The one sister is a nurse, the other one works in a bank, the other one is a teacher. And uh, my brother, who just passed away last uh, year, is a, was a uh, psychologist. So, so I mean, do you see much of the others? And um, No, we're, we're talking on the phone a lot. <laughs> That's about it. How do they all feel about your success? I don't talk about it because I, I just don't want to... I don't know. I don't, I don't know how they feel about it, and I don't want to in any way sort of dangle anything in front of them do you know what i mean yeah absolutely so it's not a subject we talk about the kids or things like that right i'd like if you will to, to just run through the names of your husbands and and the, where the children fit in because i'd just like to get this for the record absolutely right if that's okay well the first child was not from a husband i had this sort of affair with a ukrainian ballet dancer and his name is hudnik Bohdan Hutnik. Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, exactly. And he wasn't a husband. Right. But we're great friends. He is the father of your first child. Yes. That oh, one is Martina. She's 19. And what does she do? She's just a student of, of arts. She's studying literature and arts now. Does she take after you? A mm, little bit in personality, but she's... Uh, I don't know what she wants to do. She's one of these wonderful children that sort of like is waiting for it life to grab her. <laughs> right. So you have another child as well? Yeah, Jessica. That's from Johnson. Jessica's 12. And presumably she's at school somewhere? Yeah. Right. And she lives with you too, right? Oh, yes. Right. And when you say she's from Johnson, that's husband number that's three? That's husband number three. Um, yeah. What was his full name? Jervis. Sounds like a butler. Right. Are, are Jervis, get the door. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a butler, though, I can't. No, he's not a butler. Right. Well, what happened to him? I mean, is you still in touch with him? He's in a satellite right now. And <laughs> <laughs> he's in a satellite? He's, he's in orbit. Oh, you don't speak to him? <laughs> no, right. not at all. <laughs> right. When did you decide to drop the Johnson? 
when I dropped Johnson. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it dropped. It just fell right off. Right. But I mean, that's basically, you, you made your name as Julian McGuinness Johnson, didn't you? Yes. I did that only because everybody was calling him McGuinness and he was going crazy. <laughs> and I thought, oh, all right. <laughs> Another mistake. Do you say Julia McGuinness in a Spanish way then? Are you supposed to go Julia McGuinness? No. Actually, the name is Celtic because in the potato famine, I think it's Irish, they, they, uh, the McGuinnesses left and went through France, down through Portugal and across to Puerto Rico. And so the name is originally, I think, Irish. And it's just after a while, I guess people just spelled it ph phonetically, uh -huh. M-I-G-E-N-E-S. So how do you say it now? McGuinness. <laughs> very American. Do, yeah, you very do you keep up with your roots around the world? When you travel around performing and so on, do you have relatives all over the place you go and visit? No, there are very few relatives actually with that name. There's only one family um, with the name McGuinness actually. And um, there are very few relatives. I, I hardly keep up. But are you one for going back to your roots though at all? Uh, no. You mean my family? Well, yeah, what, seeing where you came from, where your ancestry came from and all that? No, my sister did that. Right. She, she went all the way back on the, on the mother's side, but she didn't go the Greek father's side. Right. Do you just have the one home in Los Angeles? Yes. You don't have a place in New York? But then? I'm thinking about another home somewhere else with all these earthquakes. <laughs> oh, I see. Yes. Did, did you get hurt in the earthquake then? No, no. No. We have a very good house and nothing happened. Have you had this house since you were married to uh, Peter? Yes, as a matter of fact. We got it right after we got married. And can you tell me a bit about it? It looks like it's directly out of Sloan Square. Oh. I mean, it's completely an English townhouse. In L.A.? Yes. Uh-huh. And uh, do you think you'll be there forevermore, sort of thing? Or? I don't know. I love the house, you yeah. know, but, but um, I think I'd like to have a big apartment somewhere, <laughs> yeah. just in case. <laughs> Just in case of an earthquake, or just in yes, case exactly. the marriage doesn't, or just exactly. in case the marriage doesn't work out. No, 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 just in case of an earthquake. Right, glad we cleared that one up. Is it? Yeah, right. uh, <laughs> is it quite a film starry house? Have you got the sort of swimming pool and the tennis court and all that? No, 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 no. It's a very nice, modest in 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 those terms. It really like a townhouse would be in 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 uh, in London, with with a lovely little uh, garden in the back, made of stone, you know, with a fountain and a little garden in the front. It's exactly like that. How many bedrooms have you got? Five. You've got enough children to put up, haven't you? I That's suppose? right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you have a screening room for Peter's business? No, we have a library where he does all of his, you know, where I have my piano. So we, we fight for the library. Either I'm singing there or he's... You've done some work together, haven't you? You appeared in the craze and things like that. Yeah. Do you like doing that sort of thing or do you think it's not a good idea to work together? No, I'd l I love working with him, but it just would be nice, let's say, if we were to do something for me. Right. But it's, it has to be written for me, you see. Do you think it's good if you can combine as much as possible for, you know, for the sake of you know, just keeping yourselves together and everything? Well, it's not like you know, an, an actress and a director. You know, it's, it's not like uh, Warren Beatty and, and um, Annette Bening, you know, or Mia Farrow and... Uh, Thank God it's not like Mia Farrow. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what's his name? Woody but uh, it's, not it's not like that. Really, we have our separate lives. And 
that's what's good about it, that I don't really mix into his life very often or mm. very much. And what's good about our relationship is I'm not really interested in films. So therefore, I don't pull all of his attention all the time. Do you lead a bit of a showbiz lifestyle, though? Do you like going to first nights and all that sort of thing? Or do you steer away from all that? Well, I really do it with, with Peter. You know, right. he has to do it because it's part of the, the lifestyle. And half of what these directors do are, are uh, you know, who they know and, and uh, the discussions they have. And, and that's how projects begin. So it's very important for him to always be seeing people and talking to them. So I go along. But when he's not around, I don't do it at all. Have you got any famous neighbors? No, not at all. But we have, you know, like when we do the little dinner parties, we have famous actors. <laughs> Go on. Who comes around, Julia? Oh, well, Gary Oldman's always around. He's adorable. <laughs> and, uh, you know, basically the people he's been working with or Alan Rickman and, you know, the, the English group. They're quite in with the Brits, aren't you, really? I mean, do you wish you'd like to live over here one day or? I love England. I think it's the most marvelous country i mean the, yeah. the, the art there the artists the beauty of the city the music it's, it's really a, one of the well-rounded one of the great 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 cities i'm not sure i'd want to live there just because it's rained so often you know yeah. and i'm sort of this mediterranean type <laughs> you know so you do need a bit of sunshine every now and again i do i do you must live in reasonable luxury i mean compared to your early days is an extraordinary contrast. Do you um, sort of pinch yourself sometimes and think, gosh, I hope I never have to go back to that? No, I don't think about that. That's, that's sort of what I've learned about life, that you don't look back, you see. Right. And, do, uh, do you count yourself lucky, though? Yes. I'm very fortunate. I'm very fortunate to have that type of uh, personality I have, which sort of says, oh, come on, get on with it. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't... I don't take it too seriously also, which is, which is important, you know, because life can change. So I don't really, you know, take everything too seriously. But do you have any souvenirs from those early days to remind you to bring you back down to earth if you get a bit big-headed or anything? No, my kids bring me down to earth. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing my, my smaller daughter, when, when the first words practically that she said to me, I was sitting at the piano and she was sort of like crawling on the floor with her little toys and I'm singing away and she crawled all the way up to the piano and pulled herself up on the piano stool, looked at me and she said, too loud, way too loud. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been like that from word, from ever since the beginning. Uh, was she right? It was too loud. It was uh, way too loud. Uh. <laughs> Uh, are there quite a lot of souvenirs of you and Peter's respective careers around the house? You've got sort of uh, film stills. Peter does that. that. Yeah. Peter is one for having pictures of everything he's done since he first breathed. And I have hardly anything. There's one room. In my bedroom, I have just some pictures of the children and uh, one or two pictures of small ones of me. And that's it. But Peter has all of his posters going up the stairway, and, and in the loo downstairs, there are all of the pictures of everything he's done in little black frames. And then he has books and books and books and books of pictures. And then everyone, you know, the clapperboards of all the films he's ever done are in another room, and he's got them all over the place. What's your favorite possession? Is there anything you take with you everywhere? Or? Me. 
Oh. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> I take me with me everywhere I go. I can't seem to get rid of her. And when, and when you do go, do you go shopping everywhere? Are you a bit of a shopaholic? I like to go shopping. You're a big spender. No. No, you know, because I don't want to get into that thing. I don't want to become that type of female that is, you know, like a clothes horse right. or where clothes are so important. I truly, truly, truly do not want to be like that. And so, therefore, when I buy something, I buy something because I love it. I buy it because I need it. And that's it. I, I don't like to be extravagant about that. Do you feel under pressure to look good all the time, bearing in mind people know who you are? When I go someplace that's public, I have to, I have to look together, <laughs> let's put it that way. Right. Do you know what I mean? I do. And very often I'm, I'm with a social group in Europe that is, that is quite wealthy. Yeah. And I really become very aware of the pressure these women are in to wear the newest design. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And, and I look at that and I go, oh, God, you know. Thank yeah. God I'm not like that. Yeah, also, I mean, so, some of your fellow opera stars have been known to be quite weighty, but of course you're very very slim line and, uh, and really quite small in comparison, aren't you? Is that yeah, I, I'm the type of person that I can't stand being overweight. I had right. a very overweight family, and I find that terrible. I, I'd rather just, just uh, keep a nice, neat figure so I work out and, and uh, watch what I eat, and uh, I prefer being like that. You're actually quite uh, conscious of, of keeping fit and everything. You, you uh, yeah, it's very important. Especially if you do anything... I mean, singing is an athletic thing. Right. And I find it very important since I have fine bones to uh, keep myself as strong as possible. Do you worry the fact that you've achieved so much already that there isn't going to be a great deal to keep you excited from now? No. You know, life is a thing... Life goes in, in waves. And uh, there are periods where less is happening that you love, and there are periods where suddenly is w something's wonderful. So I've sort of gotten used to riding that like a surfer. Yeah. <laughs> May I ask how old you and Peter are now? Oh, my God. Oh, do you not want us to mention that? Oh, don't, don't even. It's just my mouth won't say the words. <laughs> 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 they refuse to utter. My, my tongue gets sort of tied. <laughs> <laughs> do you worry about getting older? What I'm conscious of is, as I get older, trying to have a life, have a proper life, do you know, yeah. and, and be a complete person, and, right. and, and have a wisdom about it, and, and a, you know what I mean? Yep. I, I don't want to become one of these people who, who ends up listening to their recordings, oh, I was, I don't want to talk about yesterday, I yeah. don't want to talk about, you should have seen me when I did, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's so boring, and I think it's, it's, it's such a bad sign when, when one only does that and that I, I, I'm really targeting my life so that I don't have to do that. So have you never seen Carmen, the, your film? I saw it once. Were you happy with it? You know, I was happy with parts of it, and, and uh, other parts I thought, well, you know, if I had only known, I could have done this a little better. But I think that's the way most people are. You know, they look and they go, oh, I could have done that, you know. Yeah. But really, I'm, I'm happy with the whole pro product, actually. Yeah. Now, I gather your husband's currently working on a film called Pontiac Moon, is that right? Yes, he's doing the last three days of shooting, right. and then he's home. He was here over the weekend cleaning up, uh, you know, the library. All the books fell down in the earthquake. Right. So we took them and we piled them because he said, don't touch it because I'll put them back in order. So right. he was here for three days 
And he didn't rest for the three days. He was up every day at five in the morning in that goddamn library, <laughs> <laughs> straightening up the books. How far ahead are you and Peter booked? Peter's not booked because right. he's, you know, he has to find a next, the next film. He's booked six months, and I'm booked two, three, two and a half years. Gosh. So what will he be doing in two and a half years? Well, I'll be at the Met again, the Metropolitan uh -huh. Opera, uh -huh. singing. And, and it just goes like that. I'll be singing here, some opera. It's mostly the, the opera things that they like to book, you know, more in advance. And the rest are concerts that I just do. Can you tell me the names of your cats or your pets or whatever? Now, we have Beethoven. <laughs> and they always think, you know, every night Beethoven wouldn't come home, so... And, and uh, people know I'm an opera singer, and, but they didn't know I had a cat called Beethoven oh. until they finally realized that I'm not calling for Beethoven, <laughs> the composer, every night. You know, standing in front of my door going, Beethoven, <laughs> Beethoven. <laughs> and they probably think I've gone. There's this crazy opera singer who keeps on calling for Beethoven in so front of her door <laughs> until they finally realize it's my cat. Oh. You know? What um, do you like doing in your spare time when you're not working? Resting. <laughs> no. What I like doing and when I'm not working yeah. is just really doing things with my family and, and going out with them. And What you'll find me doing is going with my girlfriend once or twice a week to a salsa bar. You know what a salsa bar is? It's a dancing place. South American dancing. Yes. Yeah. And I go there and I let my hair down. I put on this short black skirt and these high black heels. <laughs> and I dance for about three hours and then I leave. Don't you get chatted up by somebody not realizing who you are and that you're There's married? There's not time to chat. The music's so loud. All you do is dance. It's the most, most aerobic thing <laughs> you'd ever want to do. You start dancing and you don't stop until I drag myself spinning out of there because I don't like to stay there because it gets smoky after a certain time. Oh. But uh, I do that incognito. Right. What's your idea of bliss? Bliss? Oh, my God. I haven't even thought of that. Very simple things. Simple things. I mean, when har great harmony and, and laughter and, you know, people you really enjoy being with and, and there aren't any walls. You know, like what, what you are when you're with kids who are just giggling and, and having a good time. Real great communication with lots of friends is, is sort of wonderful. Uh-huh. So just to go back to your previous response, I mean, you said that you go places incognito. Do you actually have to disguise yourself in case people recognize you, or do you, do you no, not get recognized that way? No, much? but it's like, you know, for, for an opera singer to be in a salsa bar is not exactly, <laughs> it doesn't fit. <laughs> but those are my roots, I can't help it, I have to do it once in a while. Are there moments when you've been recognized, quite amusing moments? Yes, yes. No, nothing amusing, they just realized that I was that Carmen in that film, and Mia is oh. Carmen, you know. <laughs> just... <laughs> Does that bother you that people always remind you about that? No, I don't think about it. I'm not really complicated, you know, like that. And mm. I don't, you know what I mean? Some people maybe would go, oh, come on already, but I don't really, you know. Do you want another big vehicle coming up soon? I'd like something that I can really get, sink my teeth into, but that's every artist. They really want something to sink their teeth into. Yeah, and uh, do you think that this spoof film will be the one? Oh, my God. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Your hopes for the future and all that sort of thing? Oh, well, my hopes for the future. In general, I hope there's peace in the world. <laughs> no more earthquakes, no more riots, and uh, healthy and happy.